Hello friends, welcome to another episode of Concast, the consulting podcast channel of Consult. Consult is the consulting club of National Institute of Bank Management, Pune. The podcast aims to enhance the knowledge and give deeper insights into the consulting world with the help of prominent personalities from the consulting world. Today, we have Satyaki Datta sir with us who will shed light on today's necessity for upskilling in consulting environment. Sir has completed his bachelor's in mechanical engineering from Jadavpur University and later MBA from IIM Kozhiko. Sir has been associated with PwC for around three years, starting from 2016, working as a technology consultant for two years, and post MBA working as associate management consultant till present. Apart from being academically bright student, Sir has volunteered for social cause working with NGO Feeding India and Saviors. We once again welcome Sir for today's podcast session. Before moving forward, I would like to ask Sir to tell us more about himself. Uh, sure, Shubham. First of all, thanks to uh, NIBM and Consult for inviting me to the session. I mean, it's a, a great honor and opportunity for me. Uh, I, mean, I absolutely love talking to young students in undergraduate and postgraduate as well. And uh, obviously, I'm getting an invitation from NIBM. It's itself a, it's a big opportunity for me. Uh, thanks, Shubham, again for the introduction that you gave. I and mean, that was uh, really great to hear about me. Uh, yes, I, I completed uh, my graduation uh, from Jadhapur University. And uh, so I spent my three years in PwC in, in two stints, basically. Initially, I was in, uh, as you know, right, the PwC is a, is a network of firms. So initially, I was uh, with PwC India in the technology consulting practice, uh, in data analytics, to be more precise. And uh, after my MBA, I uh, during my MBA as well, I interned with PwC. So uh, that's additional point. I interned with the management consulting team in the US advisory. Uh, and I had a PPO, so joined back the firm uh, last, last year. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it has been a great experience uh, being with the firm. Uh, I mean, it, is, it has been a great learning opportunity uh, not just from the engagements and the projects, but also from the uh, people as well. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the conversation. Shubham. So, uh, as I'm able to connect with your experience at PwC, uh, I would like to ask, why do people buy advice like they pay use some of money for that? Yeah, Shubham, that's that's a really great question. I mean, that's basically the uh, probably the fundamental of consulting uh, itself um, clients usually pay huge money for uh, buying consulting services so i mean uh, when you ask why do people buy advice i mean i would basically come to two points uh, what are the reasons for that but before i go to those two points let me just uh, i mean go back a little in history uh, so you know in, in in previously the work of ceos and the board members were mostly very cosmetic i mean they were at the top of the uh, top of the firms and their companies that uh, they used to do in frequent meetings and uh, mostly those were like dining and whining that's that's all mostly I mean it, rest of the work was down in the corporate hierarchy the executive team but that kind of changed in uh, in the 1990s I mean uh, there were increased pressures from the shareholders as well as the board uh, so that sort of brought the CEOs to like ask for advice outside their uh, uh, like corporate hierarchy so they 
they started taking advice from lawyers they started taking investment advice from like investment banks etc so and that itself brought to the advice of consulting as well and uh, so looking for expertise outside your organization so when you ask me like uh, i was speaking of the two points like why should people buy advice so i mean say i am an associate right now and uh, obviously i i do not have uh, so vast a knowledge that i i can go to I mean, the chairman of Tata provide probably an advice them. I mean, that sounds very weird. Uh, but still, why do I get staffed on such projects where I get to interact with CEOs and all? So the reason is that uh, I mean, companies should be focusing on their uh, whatever is their forte, whatever is their expertise on. So suppose uh, to give you another example, say say I I uh, let's say I start a uh, my own startup uh, today. Uh, be it in what whatever business it is, and so a couple of years down the line, I I see that uh, there's a restructuring required of my startup. So what I can do is I can spend time on that uh, and like sit from scratch and do the entire planning and all. But then I'm not an expert in that, right? About restructuring and all. So what I have to do it, I I need to call someone from the outside that uh, you spend your time and you do it while I will be focusing on what I do best. so that's the reason i mean so suppose there's an like it restructuring that needs to be done or a uh, human resources restructuring that needs to be done in the company so the hrs that are present in the company they are probably very good with the hr operations job but they are not not an expert in hr restructuring so they can hire as well right they can hire on their own but this sort of projects probably would be coming in once in 5 years or 10 years so it may not make sense to have an inside team entire team to do the to the work for them so that's the reason that uh, you would bring in people from outside with with the expertise and then you do it so that's one of the reasons and the second reason is that i mean you are probably heading a company uh, so you know a lot about your company or your industry so when you bring in consultants from the outside uh, what they bring to the table is they have worked on similar projects uh, i mean across the industry they have worked in other industries as well so they bring the best of knowledge from across the industries and they use that i mean obviously maintaining confidentiality and everything but they have worked on similar strategic projects similar implementation projects and those are the things they can bring to the table so these two are really important point why should uh, people take advice sir as a consultant why do you mm-hmm. think that upskill matters yeah i mean that that brings us to the theme of our today's discussion uh, shubham so uh, so when you talk about upskilling like uh, uh, you see consulting is a business where the resources are all human beings right so we don't uh, uh, say i mean a pwc or a deloitte or a bcg is not like a reliance right that they they have to own huge uh, machineries or uh, like huge plants that needs to be upgraded or probably they will uh, they will salvage them after some time and buy new one so the main resource that a consulting firm owns are its people so i mean they are the main things that needs to be focused on be it upskilling be it training so whatever so when you ask me why does it matter because because it's it's mostly driven by the demand right so when when i say that uh, say like 5 years or 10 years down the line there were uh, there was no talk about ai or blockchain so a consultant would be very happy without knowing them right it doesn't really matter whether i know what blockchain is or what ai is going to do or not 
I mean, really does not matter. But today the things has changed. So when uh, when clients approach us, they talk themselves. See, like that other company is probably doing some things on AI and blockchain. So how should we do it? So that's where the upskilling comes in. We need to upskill our knowledge, be it the functional knowledge, be it the technical knowledge, be it the digital knowledge. So that that's really important for us uh, that we are up to date with whatever is happening in the in the digital world, in the functional world, in the industry itself. Uh, so but when you talk about upskilling, it does not uh, only mean the technological skills or the digital skills, right? it's the functional as well. So that's how upskilling uh, really is important. So as, uh, as per you, like humans uh, yeah. are the most important resource of this consulting industry. Let's come my next question. So are we doomed to fail uh, like the machine learning AI or algorithms uh, going to take work uh, away from us? What can we do like? <laughs> Actually, yeah, this is a uh, related question, definitely. So, I mean, I if you ask me, I, I'm myself very optimistic about that. I mean, uh, like, like if I have done an MBA, I know that it's going to be of some use at all. So that's what I think. Uh, but on a, on a serious note, I mean, uh, Yes, we are focusing on automation and uh, we are focusing on uh, robots as well. I mean, more, uh, the, the pet name is more like a bot that we are trying to create uh, everywhere. So those are uh, happening, yes, definitely. But I, I still don't think that uh, I mean, our jobs are going to be taken away by the, by the automation and the robots because at the end of the day, someone has to build the hypothesis, right? So someone has to design the algorithm, design the hypothesis on which the robot should be uh, working on. Uh, so I don't really think that they will be taken away. So automation would, would in fact uh, hamper or uh, take away more most some of the jobs. So, but those jobs would be mostly like uh, you know very very rote sort of work that you basically have to data entry work and then copying and pasting that that sort of things where the there's, I mean, regular calculations involved, th those sort of things. So, but when you are doing some strategic work, basically something, whatever that uh, involves a decision-making thing. So management consultants are mostly involved in the work of decision-making or uh, or rather helping the CEOs and the corporates to take decisions. Uh, so I don't think that these jobs are uh, going away too soon, honestly. So we have to work parallel with them, means side-by-side, side, getting- the Exactly, I mean, you have to, uh, make them walk. So if, if you are, that's the right word. I mean, uh, robots taking away our jobs sounds more like a fictional movie or fictional uh, <laughs> work of fiction. But uh, yeah, I mean, you can't avoid them. That's very sure. I mean, they they will be there, and and you have to make sure that they are. Uh, I mean, they are there to help you and not not overpower you. Okay. Okay, sir. Sir, according to you, like what skills one should acquire or what skills are in demand with the changing dynamics of consulting industry over the past few years okay yeah uh, so now the consulting industry has been changing uh i'm right from the time that consulting is known in the world but in the last five or ten years i mean there's a huge shift in the uh so earlier there used to be very proper demarcation between some some consulting firms that used to do only strategy work and then somewhere there who would be doing only the implementation work so by strategy work i i mean meant the i mean the you know making zbcg uh, booze these sort of companies and 
the other, other side there were the implementation consultants or the or the basically IT services consultants who would be the TCAs and cognizant uh, of the world. Uh, but that that demarcation has been changing a lot uh, these days because uh, companies are not very willing to I mean hire people just for strategy uh, just I mean just for a hundred slides deck. So that's not what the uh, companies are looking for. So they are looking for someone who would be or companies who would be doing the end-to-end -end work. So there's a strategy to implementation is the newest uh, trend in the in the market. So yes, when you talk about the skills in the market, I would say that your uh, technological skills or technical skills, analytical skills, those are very important. Uh, but when I say this, I do not really mean to say that I mean uh, after doing an MBA, you have to sit and code all day. That's not what I mean. So by digital skills, I mean that you have you have to have some understanding of the data. I mean, so speaking more specifically, I would say that some uh, you have to be very good with Excel with data, uh, not not just Excel, but advanced Excel and maybe if you know macros and all that's that's really helpful. And then then there's uh, data visualizations part. So so most of the companies I see today uh, when they post their job openings online or on LinkedIn. They are looking for some skills in in data analytics and data visualizations like Tableau, Power BI, uh, these sort of things. So they they are like uh, you know the basic thing that you can. I mean definitely like depending on your expertise and your interest, you can definitely go to the depth of anything uh, that you find interesting or comfortable with. But these are the basic minimum that you should know. I mean, so recently since you asked me, uh, PwC has been. Uh, uh, has taken an initiative in the last couple of years to train its entire uh, client-facing uh, like uh, consultants on on three skills mostly, uh, basically Tableau uh, and then uh, something on the robotic automation as well UI path and then an Alteryx, which is an ETL tool which uh, which basically extracts, transforms, and loads data. So working on huge loads of data. So that has been very important. I feel. I mean, these are. Uh, this is really going to help uh, in whatever industry you are going. I mean, not just consulting, but even uh, out of that. And so, so and these were the technical parts. Uh, if you're asking me for other skills, that depends on your, uh, I mean, on your domain itself. Say, uh, like, uh, I work mostly on customer segmentations and customer problems. So even in marketing, there there are tools like marketing automation, like, uh, uh, you know like all the major companies like Oracle and Adobe, they have their own suits. So I, I may not be working end-to-end -end on them since like I'm most into the management consulting side or the functional side, but it's essential for me to uh, know them. I mean, that's that's really important. Since since uh, I mean, since you are from an IBM and mostly, uh, like I would guess the focus is on finance related. So people have been working a lot on uh, I mean, the platforms such as uh, Oracle has a financial suit, and Salesforce has a financial planning tool, and then Microsoft Azure has a financial in the cloud. Uh, so these are the things uh, that has been really in trend, even in shared services and record to report, treasury and working capital. So the, these are the things that, uh, these are the areas where you can upskill yourself. And, and besides that, of course, you have your regular financial uh, certifications like the FRM and CFA, those are obviously there. So as the dynamics of uh, consulting industry changes, the job requirement uh, also increases. Like a person exactly. Exactly. has to be like exactly. uh, keep up 
Exactly. And it's more uh, from the demand side. I mean, the clients uh, look for the skills. That's why the consulting firm look for people who were doing that and that goes on. So they, they would be publishing a JD, would be requiring these people. So that's the cycle. Like. So as, uh, as an employee in PwC, how will you be able to keep yourself up in the company? I mean, what transition you have seen as per your experience over the last five years? pre and post MBA since you worked in PwC for quite a time? So um, uh, in terms of the culture, I mean, there's not a lot of difference. Uh, but when pre-MBA and post-MBA, the people around you changes, right? So before I did my MBA, most of the people I worked with uh, did not have an MBA. Mostly uh, they were very sound in the technical work. And uh, like after after the MBA, I, I work mostly with people uh, with an MBA experience or, or a management experience uh, of some other kind. So how to like keep yourself up in the company is, uh, I would say that, uh, I mean, what's really essential is the networking part. I mean, it sounds like a cliche, but uh, I mean, when you meet with people, talk to people, learn from a lot of people, that really helps in consulting because say, uh, I'm in the customer transformation practice. I work in go-to-market strategy, uh, pricing, profitability, that sort of things, but uh, not even a lot of them, right? not all of them. But when I talk to people, someone who has worked in, say, finance or operations, I get to know what's happening in the industry. So that's really important. And and also, so in every consulting firm, they have their own research reports and and everything that they publish. Like like McKinsey publishes a McKinsey quarterly, and then uh, Strategy and has a Strategy Plus business. So this business, uh, I mean, business magazines and reports and news, those are very helpful in. You know, like uh, to have an understanding of what's happening in the industry and business, those can actually help you talk to people. I mean, you can go to someone and say, okay, so this is happening in the e commerce sector for India. I mean, there's uh, Walmart has acquired Flipkart and Misho is going really big in social commerce. This is happening in India. I mean, the, the South Asian companies from Philippines are moving to India. So that's, that's something that's something you talk to people and you get their insights. And that's how you grow and learn in the firm. So that that's what I think. I mean, that you have to strike up a conversation with people. So it's like we uh, even after we have completed our MBA or after studies, we have to keep, continuously keep ourselves updated. What's happening? What's the new transition happening in the economy around the globe? So absolutely, absolutely. I mean, right right from the first day. I'm when you are asking me, I am just an associate, and I am obviously expected to do that, but. Even on higher up level, I see people who are the like seniority of even senior managers and directors. They are also take, uh, taking uh, taking trainings and taking certifications because certifications actually mean a lot. Uh, and obviously, the industry knowledge uh, it will be building up. I mean, that's not a one day affair, right? Like uh, like you wake up tomorrow morning and you know all about the pharma and life sciences sector. That that doesn't happen, and it's not even expected of you to happen. I mean, you will build that over time. So. Uh, yes, that that will come over time, but you have to be like very open-minded and always open open to the learning that that comes your way. Yeah. So, what is the scope of consulting in India in coming years? Like, uh, well, see, uh, so consulting has been very. Uh, 
I mean, broad and vast in US and UK uh, or the more developed countries as such. So, uh, so the in India, the like how the businesses were built is mostly you know there were the government sector, uh, or there is the government sector, and there were the big family companies. So family companies are uh, like what I have known from my seniors or what I have seen. They are usually a re little reluctant to pay a lot to consultants. I mean, uh, or or they basically often do not realize the potential that the consultants bring to the table. So that that has been a challenge for consulting in India. But I think that that has been really changing because even in the family-based companies in India, the leadership uh, like has changed a lot. I mean, even the even the new leadership or the new generation of leadership that has been created in the in the these family-based companies, they have also done their MBAs from abroad, and they most of them have been to the best colleges around the world, and they have been working with the best firms. So they know the value that the consulting firms bring to the table. And as I as I was saying initially in the first question, I mean it's 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 best that you focus on whatever you do best, and probably. Uh, like the things that you do not have much knowledge about, it's best to outsource to the consultants, and they would come in with their expertise and deliver it for you. So that's definitely building up in the family-based companies. And uh, like in India, there's a huge potential, right? I mean, there there's lots of uh, good MBA colleges that are there. I mean, there are not not just MBA. I mean, if I if I can talk about the technology consulting as well, there are brilliant companies and brilliant minds working on them. Uh, we have brilliant technology schools as well. Uh, so yeah, the scope has been def definitely improving. And uh, I mean, I, I think we'll be talking about it uh, uh, like in the next questions as well. But uh, even the COVID and all has improved it a lot for us, I guess. I mean, uh, most of the US and UK based companies are uh, already have having a branch, branch in India or probably are thinking of uh, building up a virtual office uh, in India. So yeah, I mean, the globalization and their offices in India is actually building up the consulting practice uh, for us in India. That's definitely a plus for us. So there is huge untapped potential in consulting sector. In exactly. And uh, I talked about the family sector. So government is also investing a lot in, uh, in specialized advisory sectors. And they are bringing in people uh, like right up to the like top ministry level to to decide on the like public sector advisory and all, I'm not. Most of the consulting companies in India already have a public uh, sector advisory practice, and they are doing a great work, I guess. So, so as you talk, like COVID has impacted uh, quite a uh, which have improved the scope of consulting. So, as per uh, I wanted, I have a question like, how has COVID impacted the day-to-day -day activities of a consultant? As we have seen that the consultants have a special bond of traveling and meeting a lot of people quite often. Right, right. Yeah, that has definitely taken a toll. Uh, I mean, like since, as, as I said, that consulting is a business of uh, mostly a business of relationships, right? You develop relationships with the, with your uh, like co-workers, with your clients. So that has definitely impacted. I mean, when you, when you meet people every day, the learning is definitely a lot more I and mean, it's not just what you work on the project but even outside the project when you talk to them what they're working on so that has definitely uh, gone for a toss at least in the in the first year of the uh, pandemic uh, but then like 
if, if you if there's a positive side to everything right if, if you see that uh, so there's a factor of trust and risk into consulting right you have to trust people with your data with your confidential information and obviously that comes with a risk and uh, so i feel that uh, in the last one or two years the trust factor has increased a lot uh, even like from the client to the consulting side and so like like pwc has been often saying that we are in the business of trust so uh, that has definitely improved a lot so yes the the traveling and all definitely has reduced but as i as i said there, there has been a lot of talk whether consulting can be online or not so something which is low risk consulting or mostly the support or the technology consulting some where there's no confidential not not a much of confidential data involved that could be done online and that was all, always online that's that's how the practice of offshore and onshore model came in right we used to work from india in our uh, clients business of us uk australia and everywhere so i mean the the talk of uh, covid-19 has appeared recently but uh, i mean this online and offshore onshore model hybrid model was always there right so now i feel that the trust has improved like post this covid pandemic i think there's only uh, good things that can happen uh, from here I mean, we are getting a lot of opportunities from different clients different top uh, like companies and uh, definitely the learning has uh, as i said in the first year learning wasn't toss but then we are coping up with it right we are talking to people online we are calling them up and like we are creating virtual meetings or i mean we are just messaging people for for no apparent reason right i mean i don't have work with you but i will still message you like how are you doing what are you working on so this is something that you have to do on your own i mean uh, like people might not might not tell you to do it or there might not be an official invitation to do it but you have to do it just for your learning and uh, everyone else's i think sir i would uh, we should wind up today so on behalf of um, consult club i would like to uh, i would like to thank you with the uh, for giving us your valuable time for podcast it was indeed a great session and i appreciate the way you handled the podcast and gave us insights into the consulting field we look forward to more such kind of podcasts in the near future so once again thank you so much sir thank you thank you shubham once again thank you to the consult team and an ibm it was a Great pleasure on my side too.